0: Sans Pants Radio,
1: Australia's most American podcast network. And and catch and presidential pets. That's us! Changing to the who drive cars and jets. through! Hey, what's pac everybody? Welcome to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast, where today I watched Road Rovers with my friend Zoe Ballada. Zoe uses she her pronouns. If you wanna follow me on Twitter, I'm at stoptwinningmia. Mia. Thank you for hosting to the Cynical Cartoons Podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. My pronouns are she her. And I'm here. If you need to talk. night in Let's roll! Now it's time to hit the road. How's it going today, Zoe? How you doing? I'm good, May. How you doing, babes? I don't know. I just watched Road Rovers. So I guess that I'm, I don't know. It's hard to say really.
2: <laughs> uh, it's an experience after you watch Road Rovers. It's like it's it's like that point in your life. There was before Ro- Road Rovers and now you're
1: living in this post Road Rovers world. Right. Road Rovers is
2: so difficult to say.
1: And I guess that I both expected more and less from this show. Like I'm both over and underwhelmed by the whole thing. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was expecting after the last time you asked me to watch a, a cartoon, I was like, what fresh hell has Mia got
1: me into? <laughs> I think this one was a little bit less hellish than than uh yeah, Bigfoot, uh, Smallfoot. Bigfoot. Bigfoot? Bigfoot. Bigfoot.
2: Yeah. It look, at least it was like an actual show and not just like someone's like, test animation.
1: Yeah, right. This one does seem like it was made by more than a team of one person who both animated and wrote and voiced everything. So that's a plus for, for Road Rovers.
2: It's got that. It's got that. It, there's a cohesive storyline. Kind It had of. dogs, which I was super happy about. So I was like, look, it, it ticks all my boxes. Mm-hmm. Are you a dog or a cat person? I'm a cat person, iconically a cat person. But I've been known to love a good boy. You hate girl dogs, though. Not a fan. Yeah, girl dogs. Got no time for them. I think I do that, like, terribly gendered thing where, like, every time I see, like, an animal, I'm like, who's a good boy? And they're like, it's a girl. I'm like,
1: oh, okay. See, in my brain, cats are girls and dogs are boys. Yes, as we all know. Everybody knows gender isn't binary, but animal gender is binary and all cats are girls and all dogs are boys.
2: Yes. Which is surreal. Cause my cat is a boy and like <laughs> very, I'm like, every time I see him, I'm like, I, I do this thing. I do this dumb bit whenever I walk into my bedroom. Cause he lives at my parents' house. And whenever I walk in, I'm like, oh, mom. There's a handsome boy on my bed. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you let such a handsome boy in. And then she looks
1: at me like I'm a fucking idiot cuz she's heard that joke for the past 4 years. And also the the joke is mainly for your benefit because it sounds like your mom doesn't like it and the cat certainly doesn't like it. <laughs>
2: like, no, no. This is purely for me. Sometimes the jokes are just for me.
1: Yeah, that's fair. A real selfish comedian. I think it's really interesting to look at, like, the landscape of American animation after Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. Because I think TMNT hit the scene and really changed shit forever. After that, we have, like, Street Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, Road Rovers, and all these other shows. But this one came out, like, ten years after TMNT. Oh, maybe they were trying to, like, reboot.
2: They were like, hey, we have a formula that we know works well. Right. What if instead of turtles it was dogs?
1: Yeah, I kind of feel like that's what happened, but it seems like it was so far after that maybe it's not derivative at all, and maybe it's just, like, its own thing. Because I wonder if maybe, like, TMNT had, like, a resurgence in the 90s where they were like, this is a good idea to try again.
2: Yeah, dude, this, this is so far out of my wheelhouse that probably I'm going to agree with everything that you're saying right now. That's fine. <laughs> and just be like, you, you seem much more educated than I am, so
1: I'm going to completely rely on you when it comes to 90s cartoons. This was out at the same time as biker mice from Mars and street sharks. So it kind of seems like just talking badass animals were like the thing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do they call them in this one? They call them the caninoids. Yeah. They're, they're like the cano uh, sapiens. Cano sapiens. Classic.
2: Oh, such a good word. I like was like, I hate this. But I did notice because it, it is, you're right, it is kind of cyclical. I, I live with a kid and he's in, insanely obsessed with Paw Patrol. And right. one of the ones recently, like one of the movies was Paw Patrol gets superpowers and he just thought it was the best thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, the the dogs, but they fight crime. And I was like, man, kids are easily bought. It's all derivative
1: of McGruff, the original crime yeah. dog. <laughs> I mean, at least this is a situation where it's like dogs becoming more humanoid, because I guess then I'm always disturbed by this, where the situation is, it's a bunch of human teenagers that somehow become infused with shark DNA. Like that was the show, Street Sharks, that I really liked uh, watching for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, these teenage boys have like, their lives are irrevocably changed in a horrible, monstrous way. But here it's like, okay, dogs becoming more human. They're kind of getting there. That's a, that's a one up.
2: Yeah, it's really cool because it's like dogs get human bodies, but stay dog brain.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But I guess like dog brain and like a human with a dog brain, not like dog brain and like real dog brain. If that makes sense. I guess my main issue with the Road Rovers, if we're getting right into it, is... Yeah, hell yeah. They're not really as sexy as I expected them to be. I kind of expected this show to be like a furry wet dream, and it's it's not really.
2: Yeah, it could have been more of like a furry, like
1: situation but the, the the lady dog was quite sexy i i guess that they all think that she's sexy but she I had titties i was just a little bit baffled when when like their human owner is like good job girls and you're looking hot lassie and i'm like what what Ew. she kind of just looks like a dog maybe the sexiest dog but it's still a dog that's a good point i guess she is the sexiest <laughs> dog <laughs> This show is kind of off the chain. Like, the first episode starts immediately with, like... Uh, I believe I believe you mean off the leash. Yes, off the leash. Good job. <laughs> oh, my God. This show is full of dog puns, and um, they're frequent and not very good, honestly. No, and now that's how my brain operates.
2: I was like, oh, okay, this is how people talk. I'll take that on, and this becomes my my language from now on. Right.
1: Well, my, my favorite moment of, like, dog punnery in Road Rovers was where there was, like, a one-year-later situation, and it said on the screen, one-year-later, in parentheses, that's seven in dog years. Oh, my God, it's such a good, it's so stupid. I, I kind of oh. wish that they just determined all time like that. Like, they were like, you know, yeah. we only have 28 dog minutes to get out of here. And they're like, how many real minutes is that? Four. <laughs> like, that they're just constantly converting.
2: Yeah, that would be great. Like, cause the lore in this is really interesting. And one of the episodes you got me to watch was like the origins, the backstory. So we'd learn more about the lore. Right. But I did I did think it was kind of like it was it was dog-ish, but not like fully like it could have gone balls to the wall. And it just kind of went balls to the floor.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the the, the time travel episode that we watched. Not the pilot, but that one sort of like expanded on things a little bit to make them make a little more sense. Like, yeah. I guess in the first episode, were we meant to understand that their villain is like a cat man, or did we not learn that uh, until later? I have no idea. Okay, I learned it in the origin story, and I was like, oh, that that makes sense, right? Because that motherfucker is just like running around the entire time, and he's got like these big whiskers, but like mustachio whiskers. He's a big buff man with a big fat a fire hydrant neck and yeah, he just wears a helmet all the time. So then in one episode he takes off his helmet and he's like, uh, I'm like, Oh, he's a, he's a cat. Okay. So this is like a cats versus dogs thing. Like I didn't realize that that's what we were dealing with. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It wasn't, it wasn't clearly, it wasn't clear enough in the pilot to be like the bad guys,
1: a cat, obviously. Like I was like that, that's a weird looking man. Right. I love the professor in the show he's he's a, a dog lover in the very beginning of the first episode he's working on his invention the trans dogma fire uh, which is a device that can turn dogs humanish and turn uh, humans maybe doggish I'm not quite sure um, yeah and it's 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 we do learn that later that's for
2: the government like someone's asked him to make that
1: right somebody's asked to, asked him to make that. And then he trades it to a supervillain for to get his dog back that the supervillain kidnapped. And it's like, well, mm. isn't this like billions of dollars of research to turn dogs human, to turn other animals human? Also, who who wants this? Yeah, who is this for? Father furries? Who is this for? So the trans dogma fire is kind of incredible because it's like this multi-billion-dollar piece of technology that turns dogs into Kano-humanoids or Kano-sapiens. But, like, for what reason? Because presumably it's only so that this man can have sex with them.
2: Oh, yeah, I couldn't say, like, I was like, ah, for the the military, for
1: NASA, like, I was going through the list
2: of, like, d- are dogs better at fighting?
1: Well, I guess that they can, like, use their hypersense. You know, they have, like, developed sense of smell and stuff like that. But, like, this is a man who... Lives in a giant fire hydrant under the sea and has like a dog themed home and laboratory down there and like a dog scientist and a whole dog team and he selected the dogs for the mission and it's like, why is this man so well connected when he seems to be off his rocker?
2: Yeah, he seems like if if you met anyone who was that enthusiastic about
1: dogs, you'd be like, uh, oh no. Yeah. He's gonna fuck those dogs. Yeah. And like like the fact that he calls Lassie sexy a bunch of times, I don't know. I mean, it seems like every episode he's sexually objectifying this girl dog. And um, he's
2: so horny for her and it's really uncomfortable. It just seems really like unnecessary. Like I think whenever we make like the female
1: character in any cartoon, like, hypersexualized, it always feels very unnecessary. Right, especially when they don't have any other character traits where, like, they're like, this is the smelly one, this is the strong one, this is the smart one, this is the girl one, and you're like, okay, guys. It's, it's cool that that's all we're worth. Mm-hmm. And usually they're wearing, like, purple or pink because there wouldn't really be any other way to distinguish the Ninja Turtle, girl Ninja Turtle, and, like, the girl Ninja Turtle has boobs, and you're like... Do turtles have boobs? It's, it's a shell.
2: Yeah, I I thought that was really weird. And then and then Collie, the the sexy border collie in this in the in Road Rovers, she has titties, but like dogs have six titties. So like, commit or don't commit, you know? <laughs> right. Cause I found it really weird because there's this kid show in in Australia called Bluey. I'm not sure if that's kind of made it over to you guys. Um, um I don't know it. It is probably my favorite cartoon I've ever watched. It is about uh, this blue healer and her family. So her mom, her dad, and her little sister. And it subverts it that trait where Bluey looks exactly like her dad and her sister looks exactly like her mom. So everyone, like when watching it, you're like, oh, because, you know, you're taught to read the, the coding and stuff like that. You're like, right. oh, Bluey's a boy. And then in like two episodes she- – she refers to herself in as Shay, or her parents refer to herself as Shay, and you're like, oh, cool. That's sick that that
1: it's different than what my brain
2: expected.
1: And also that it doesn't really matter what the gender of this little cartoon rabbit is. Like, she's just going on adventures that probably don't have anything to do with whether she's a boy or a yeah, girl. Exactly.
2: Exactly. And it's and it's so nice because it's so nice to say like a female laid. And it not matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's never episodes where it's like, oh, Bl- Blue is obsessed with b- boys and shopping and all those stereotypical things that girl shows uh, focus on. This show is just like a, a show about two daughters whose parents love them and they go on little imagination times.
1: Not that I hate shit like brats and and stuff like that. Like, like girl power can be totally fine, but... Oh yeah, be be
2: hyper feminine. Yeah, if you want, if if that's
1: your thing. But like, when when that's the only option, that's that's what's frustrating, right? And that's sort of the thing about Collie is that all the other dogs are horny for her, and she's horny for all the other dogs, and the humans are horny for her. And you're like, mm-hmm. all right, like do more. Like I guess that she's British? Question mark. Maybe or Australian because sometimes she says things that are a little Australian.
2: <laughs> That's good. It's it's really interchangeable. Like we're all part of the Commonwealth, so you
1: know, it's all same. So the first the beginning of this first episode is really incredible because the professor is making the trade-off, the blueprints for his trans dogmifier machine for his dog, which was stolen out of his backyard by his cat, by the way, who has now been trans-dogmified into a human question mark. So it's kind of incredible. They, like, make this trade-off, and then the bad guys go off with the blueprints. Then he goes over to open up the cage, and instead of his dog in there, there's a little, like, tape recorder with dog noises coming from it and a bomb. And he just fucking blows up. Like... And it doesn't really stop there because then immediately after that, we're confronted by the image of two dogs being rolled down a hallway on like big gurneys and the guys who work at the animal control center are like, I can't wait to gas these fucking dogs, dude.
2: Yeah, and then it just, it's like, it says it's like gas chamber. And you're like, that's not how they kill dogs. <laughs> yeah. Also, why does it, the, the
1: the dog house area just looks like a fucking prison. Right, And and also the fact that these two guards are like, These are the last two dogs. I can't wait to kill the last two. Like, that they have a a pound, and they're getting rid of the last two dogs for some reason.
2: Yeah, they're like, no, we want the pound to be empty. You
1: know what? This pound has too many dogs. So they're taking the dogs down to the doggy gas chamber, and somehow the main one, Rover, whatever the fuck his name is, gets out.
2: And it's also important to state that the other one, the crazy one, and we know it's the crazy... Muzzle is, is full Hannibal Lecter.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that dog fucking killed a kid. Like, that dog is donezo.
2: Yeah, like, it is obviously Muzzle. Like, you know, it's a, it's a kid show. We're not thinking too hard about things. Right. And he's just, like, full, like, in the... I don't even know what one of those things is called. Like, a trailer for your body. Right. Like... Being escorted down, full straitjacket, like, literally, like, a perfect dog replica of Hannibal Lecter.
1: <laughs> but without the ability to speak, though, like, he is the only dog in the show who never gets trans-dogmified. Because I think that we're intended to think, because you just watched the episodes today, I watched them about a week ago. Mm. Was the idea that they put that dog through, like, a fake trans-dogmifier and it made him crazy?
2: I think so. Like, I think in the origin story, he goes through it and comes out wrong. Okay. But I think he was crazy beforehand. Like, I think there's a line where they were like, oh, no, he's just
1: insane. Okay, that makes sense.
2: Which, like, if you're going to give dogs human traits, like, insanity, like, is so vague. Like, he's crazy. You're like, do you want to specify any more? No, okay.
1: Yeah, do you think at some point they put him through the trans dogma fire again and he, like, hulks out? He's, like, the, the loose cannon of the gang.
2: Yeah, like, you want him to be the Hulk. Like, you want him to be this thing, like, as soon as they unstrap him, he goes nuts. And there is one scene where they do that and they do it in a way where they just stay on the other dogs and they're all kind of, like, grimacing watching this happen. Right. But it's, like... As soon as that scene ends, Muzzle's like on the on all fours, like shaking his head like a normal dog. So he seems to be able to control himself. So why is he locked up?
1: I don't know. All the time? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the most fucked up thing is that you're like, okay, so the, the bad guys at the pound locked him up. And now they're taking him down to the doggy gas chamber. But the thing about Muzzle is that he's like treated as a pet by the other dogs. It's like such a weird hierarchy of dogdom, humandom that is really disturbing.
2: It feels very, like, um, animal farm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Some dogs are equal than other dogs.
2: And you're just sitting there. And you're like, poor Muzzle. Because, like, all the dogs got superpowers and then got to go, which we learn at the end of the pilot, they get to go live in, like, their country's, like, political powerhouses literally the houses and muzzle gets to live in the
1: underwater doghouse with the crazy scientists still all tied up though like they don't actually let him out of the stretcher thing they just push him around there
2: yeah and he like it's so fucking weird like i don't understand it's
1: it's it's a very goofy pluto dynamic where you're like why are some dogs like talking anthropomorphized and other dogs are just those dogs pets like okay guys i guess
2: Yes, you think if a dog would get a pet, like give it a hamster or something. Right. Don't give it itself. That's super uncomfortable.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, so yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. They, They do go and live with world leaders, and that's sort of a weird dynamic of this where I was like, once the dogs are trans dogmified, don't they stay kano humanoid forever? No, that's not the deal. The deal is that they have to turn back into dogs for some reason. And so they go around and one of them lives with the president, one of them lives with the royal family, et cetera, et cetera. The dogs are very multicultural, but they're also all very Eurocentric. Yes. Like, I don't think that there's a dog from a non-white country. No, no. So you've got, there's America. Yeah. There's Russia.
2: England. There's Russia and there's Germany. And you're like, ah,
1: the four corners of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't know. The road rovers are fucking wild. Um, I do like the German dog. I find him weirdly horny and obsessed with butts. Right. Is he supposed to be German or is he supposed to be Austrian? Because I know that he's a very, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger type.
2: He might. Yeah, he might. Well, because he's, he's a German shepherd, isn't he? That makes sense.
1: Okay, you're right. He's got to yeah. be German. Yeah. He's got to be German, but I think they were, like, close enough. Yeah, the writers of the show are like, that's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, Arnold were is like, not from Germany. Mm, that seems like a lie, so <laughs> we're going to ignore it.
2: It's so weird. He's so obsessed with butts, and I know as a kid I would have fucking frothed that because as an adult I'm like, "Ah, butts. I'm too easily bought off, but that dog is obsessed with biting people's bums, and he's so horny for himself.
1: Yeah, that that's sort of a weird element of things where, like, even after the dogs are trans-dogmified into human form, they still have so many dog qualities where, like, they're horny for other dogs that are just dogs. Not Kano sapiens, they're just dogs, and the dogs are like, I won't yeah. fuck that dog. And then, also, they, like, when they turn into human-ish for the first time, they, like, walk around and sniff each other's butts. And you're like, okay, I get it, you guys are, like, dog humans, but, like... There, there has to be some higher society at this point, you know?
2: And it's also like, wh- why did they have to be human? Like, why not just make them better dogs? That's a like, good Like, why point. did they need human bodies? <laughs>
1: yeah, because the, the, the professor doesn't seem to care for humans very much anyway. But I guess that humanity no. is very hubristic and sort of just wants everybody to be made in our image anyway. You know, we have a God complex. It makes sense. That, that is true, and, and the professor is kind of coded to be God, like, I don't know how exactly, like, from an explosion or something, like, he stops having eyes, he just has a cold, dead light. Yeah, that's right, because because when he gets all the dogs to come meet him to be trans-dogmified, it's just like a shining light that appears on them, and he shows up in their minds like, Scruff, you need to come down to the laboratory right now. <laughs> like, He's got the voice of God
2: yeah it is it's really i was like oh it's cool that this is gonna be like a weirdly religious show (laughs) i was like thanks mia for this this is a fun trick yeah and i was like that's what that's the whole podcast is right like you slowly getting people to be really into jesus Uh uh-huh with the with the prelude that
1: it's cartoons but bam it's god I'm kind of disturbed, though, that the, the professor has so much faith in these dogs that he gives them, like, super weapons, a car that has light speed, like, a spaceship, and all this shit. It's like, do you know that these motherfuckers can drive? Like, why did they get airplanes and stuff when that's so much mm. power to give to your dog human hybrid friends?
2: Yeah, and it's also, like, a skill. It's not like a, a night human ability to is to drive. Like, it's a skill that one must be taught. And and learn and then it becomes muscle memory. Like it's the right. most surreal thing to watch this dog, not know because it's, it's a joke. Like the the main one, the American one, because he's the leader. Um, hops in the car and he's like, "All right, ready to go," and nothing happens. And then the uh, collie leans over, Colleen leans over and is like, oh, "You got you got to turn it on. Like you got to turn the engine on." Right. And it's like, if you don't know the basics of turning the engine on, how then do you know
1: how to fly an airplane or drive a car? It's that doggy instinct, baby. Ah, forgot about the doggy instinct. (laughs) That was also the least convincing baby of all time. What did I just, (laughs) what is wrong with my speech pattern today? (laughs) Hey, baby, you got this. Baby? (laughs) Baby. I do love, though, that the villain's plan is to turn all humans into dogs are all dogs into humans. Like, the villain and the professor have the same plan, basically. Except that the professor is like, I want everybody to be loyal to me for noble reasons, question mark. And the villain is just straight up like, I want everybody to worship me as their their cat leader. Yeah, and it's super weird that he as
2: a cat would want more
1: dogs. Iconically, enemies. (laughs) More powerful dogs, even. Like, the same amount of dogs, just with human intelligence.
2: Yeah, it's like, give, give cats, like you know, like
1: halfway human intelligence, then you're definitely going to be the leader. Right. I guess that's sort of the point, though, is that he's afraid if he gives the cats the intelligence that they'll eclipse him because cats are mischievous little creatures. Oh, they're little dickheads. My cat
2: has figured out that like two blocks down from where he lives at my parents' house is that there is a rehab center Mm -hmm. and he spends all his time there now. He's like, there are so many more people to feed me at this place then there is at at his home where he is loved that the fucker just as soon as first thing in the morning
1: will get up wander two blocks go to the rehab center for a day and then wander on home that's a good cat though i wonder i mean if you could dr- transdogmify that cat you could figure out what's going on
2: oh my god i wish i wish there is like part of my brain back when i lived at home and i was in charge of making sure that he would get inside there were days that i w- wished he could have texted like there were days where I was like, I have no fucking idea where you are. Mm-hmm. I wish I could just phone you right now and be like, mate. It just became this thing because then I I, I genuinely, I became that, I, I, I am that crazy cat lady. I, I know that in myself already. I know that in my core. But I started looking at like GPS systems for him because I was getting so frustrated with how often I would lose him. Um, those things are like a grand and I genuinely thought about it. <laughs> I was like, I'd like to know where he goes during the week. Like, I'd just like to know what his day-to-day is life when he's not, like, when he's not around me. What, what is he doing?
1: So what you're saying is that the trans dogma fire would actually save you money. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice to have my best friend be a person. <laughs> you could just make a best friend that's a human, Zoe. I think that you would probably like the cat a little bit less if the cat had human intelligence. That's true. He won't let me cuddle him as much. Mm. You don't always want to flowers for Algernon your cat, I guess is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always the best idea. Yeah, it didn't work out well then, but you know, maybe for me it'll It'll be perfect. Well, that, that's what I was just thinking about, is that this dude, the professor, his life is so fucked up. Like, Basically, he was working on the Trans Dogma Fire. He has a line in one of the episodes, that's So Wild, where he's like, I'm not in this for profit. The trans dogma fire is meant only for the good of the world. And it's like the good of the world for what reason, dude? Like,
2: yeah. Like who's like, you know what the world is lacking? Horny human dogs.
1: <laughs> his cat time travels back in time from the future where he is a humanoid cat jumps in the trans dogma fire, turns himself into a human and kidnaps his dog and then blows him up and tries to take over the world. Like this dude is living with so much regret and and shame in his life clearly.
2: Yeah, it's like how do you explain that to people? You're like S- some cat went and got my big dog human machine. Also, I've got a dog human
1: machine. That's not important. Also, it's important to note he's saying all of this like after one of his friends is like, "Man, I'm I'm going to divorce from my wife pretty soon." He's like, "Yeah, you think you got problems?" <laughs>
2: Oh My yeah, cat. you've got just
1: regular human problems. I've got
2: Cano sapien problems. A whole new level of problem.
1: Everybody's just fed up with it. Everybody's like, we've heard about the fucking dog men, dude. We know we know about the dogs. We get it. It's kinda hard. Yeah,
2: we've read your weird fucking novel that you made us all read. We get it. You wanna fuck dogs. Right. <laughs> And honestly, Craig, like, we're super happy to have you in the group, man. Other than the dog
1: fucking thing, you're like a swell dude. He does not seem like a swell dude. He's such a creep and he doesn't seem like he's any fun.
2: He seems like the most insane person you've ever met. In the flashback episode, we're introduced to him back before he was God. And he's just like a nerdy fucking scientist and he's got his cat and his dog and he seems really kind of content in that life. But also he's making the trans dogma fire and he's obsessed with it. He's like, it's got to be perfect. We got to do this. Like I know we've asked this –
1: but who is this for? Right. And also, what was this guy's life like before? Like, he's got the trans dogma fire thing going on. But like, is this because his wife left him? Did his wife and his kids die? Like, what happened to bring this man to the point where he's like, we need human dog hybrids right now. That'll solve all the world's problems. It's probably
2: like, you're probably right. It is one of those things like he's been abandoned by his family and he's just sitting there with his dog and just been like oh, uh, Spot, like, you're my best friend and I wish you were human. And then he was like, oh, no, now I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to this fantasy of fucking my dog. And it just seems like a lot of effort. It seems like a lot of effort to fuck a dog. And while it's,
1: (laughs) it's it's very important to know that I'm not encouraging fucking a dog, but at this point, It's pretty clear that this guy just needs to find a community that will accept him. Like if this was 2020, he could find the furry community. And like I know that not all furries are horny, but there's certainly ones that are like Mm -hmm. that's certainly a subset of that community. And he could certainly fuck somebody wearing a dog costume and find somebody that's interested in that. But no, he has to turn dogs into humans and do it the hard way. Yeah, it seems like a very expensive endeavor to fuck a dog, is all I'm saying. And somehow he's got, like, government funding for it, and I guess they, they're planning for military application? I don't know.
2: Yeah, see, the only thing I can think of is for the military, because, like, who else is putting this much money into trans-dogmifying?
1: I guess sports. Ma- oh, Like, I guess hell the, if, yeah. you, if you can get a dog, like, a human-dog hybrid to play basketball, that shit's going to be off the chain. Like, that's going to be a great game of basketball.
2: I would 100% watch that. There's no part of my brain that was like, that is a bad time. Every part of my brain is like, yes,
1: you would watch dog basketball. Yes, it'd be like Air Bud, but with Kano Sapiens. It'd be great. Oh, my God. See, the problem with Air Bud is that he lacks thumbs to grip the ball. So. <laughs> yeah, how's that dog supposed to dribble? Did he dribble? Wait, how did he do it? I don't remember.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Either. Like this, I remember growing up on Air Bud so clearly but holy god how does he dribble the
1: ball was it just that other people would dribble the ball and then pass it to him and he would like knock it with his nose and into the basket he would sort of lay up everybody
2: yeah yeah like he was
1: really good at shooting but kind of sucked at getting the ball from one end of the court to the other yeah i'm looking at pictures of air bud right now and this motherfucker has little basketball shoes on his feet i love it oh that's so cute air bud animated series did that ever exist it looks like oh, it didn't. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. Hey, now
2: we know what dream you have to fulfill. <laughs> yeah.
1: This is my trans dogma fire is the air, but I haven't even seen that movie since I was like seven years old. I have no desire in my heart.
2: Yeah, no, it's like one of those things you're like, that was in my past and I'm happy to leave it in my past. <laughs> but he does have little, oh, no, no, I'm looking for it. He does have little basketball shoes. Yeah, it's
1: very cute. Um, oh, I love that. They're good boys. I got I got lots of time for it. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe the professor was like sitting there drinking, smoking out with his friends, watching Airbud one night. And he was like, what about this? But like more human. Yes. And they like bet him that he couldn't do it. And then he decided to do it. And then once somebody blows you up, you have to really devote your life, you know?
2: Yeah, that's the thing, like, as soon as the cat kind of went evil, because the cat's name's, like, Buttons or Mittens or something like that, something.
1: Yeah. And, All the dogs have really, like. And his name is, like, Dr. Pavlo or something like that when he's a bad guy. Yeah. General Pavlo.
2: Such an unmissed opportunity because you could be General Pavlov, iconically, mm-hmm. dogs. But they just, like, missed it. And then his his girlfriend also, like, he's got a girlfriend or, like, an assistant. Oh, yeah, that's right. She rocks up in the flashback episode. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to serve you with no explanation before or after why she's there.
1: Yeah, and I guess so that could have happened in the intervening 12 episodes. But you can't expect somebody, a kid or a podcaster with no time on their hands to watch 12 episodes of a show to understand where a character came up.
2: Exactly. Like, you
1: don't want to know. Well, like, no, no, in the flashback episode, they they have like her origin where she just appears. No, that's because she she time-traveled back in time from the future.
2: Oh, okay, I was yeah. not paying attention. Yeah, yeah she, that's cool. No. yeah. So she, where the
1: fuck is she from then? Well, she's in the first episode if you watch it again. I looked back and she was definitely there in the background chilling. She's,
2: she's there, she's doing her thing. But how did they meet? Like, who meets a giant cat man? Oh, no, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I've done
1: that. <laughs> well, it I mean, clearly she's in love me. with him. So, like... Obviously, she just wants a world full of cat people and dog people.
2: Yeah, so she's kind of the human, like like the, the bad guy equivalent of the professor. She's horny for cats.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She's pulling all the strings.
2: Yeah, and she's
1: like, we're going to have this great, we're going to rule the world together as queen and king of the catdom. That's a weird thing is that there's a very like, Will they won't they thing going on with like Pavlov and his weird Dorito bodied assistant? She is Dorito bodied <laughs> yeah she her her like shoulder to hip ratio is really off the hook. um they have a weird thing where like she's in love with him and he doesn't seem to realize and it's like where is this heading? like if you guys really got to trot this out in season two were you gonna really deal with this and make them like kiss or something like where what were you planning here?
2: Yeah, like it's it's great because he's just a cat, so he just wouldn't be horny
1: for humans. Oh, that's a good point that the animals wouldn't be horny for humans, even though they have half human brains.
2: Yeah, because they have they have like they they were brought up in a cat or dog society. They brought they were brought up to be horny for other cats or dogs.
1: Ah, oh, no, I hide it. I hide it. <laughs> I love that I started off this episode by saying these animals aren't sexy enough. This show wasn't sexy enough. And then we talked about the horniness of these animals the entire time. Because for sure all the humans in the show are horny for them, but they mm-hmm. don't seem to have a sex drive towards human beings at all.
2: No, that's a, and it's such a good example of the difference between like something being sexy and something being horny because this show isn't sexy. Right. This show isn't sexy at all. It is very much a children's TV show made for children by adults who don't want to fuck their creations. But I reckon one fucker in the writing room was like, nah, hold on. Mm, what if we were horny and they tried to make it sexy, but it just came out as like neckbeard horny where it's like just overtly like here is a picture of my dick. <laughs> There's
1: no subtlety towards the horn. Unfortunately, do you have anything else to say about Road Rovers? <laughs> I don't know why I say it as if you would you would have some way to defend this show. Neither of us I think are defending Road Rovers. It's not a great cartoon.
2: No, no. I do reckon I do reckon like if you showed it to a kid
1: nowadays they'd still would be like this is fun. Sure, I guess, but as long as, like, adults watching it either ironically or non-ironically, it's not as good as other cartoons you could be watching, right? It's not a Turbo Teen, it's not a Rubik the Amazing Cube, it's not a Cops the Animated Series or whatever. I know you've never seen any of those, but they're all pretty off the chain. Oh, thank God.
2: Thank God. I just had this, like, blank facial expression, and I was like, oh, I've got nothing to add. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I'm excited to watch those now. Like, that's the thing, like, there are, there are are be- there's better things out there
1: but also, like, I'm sure if I showed like my dad, he would be like, "This is stupid." I'm gonna watch the entire thing. Right. Okay, like, that makes sense. It's also impossible to find. Like, it's not on YouTube. We had to watch this on Kim Cartoon. So it's like,
2: oh, I found it on Daily Motion. I had to like Google it because like that that website does not work in Australia. It does not exist because we have insane piracy laws. Um, so I had to find like a a a version that had been mirrored, and so all the words were backwards. Right, and that was fun.
1: And I was like, yeah, I'll get it. I'll figure it out." No, this is the way to do it. Daily Motion doesn't have ads out the ass. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "This will, this will do. It
2: will do quite swimmingly." And I got to watch, and it had all the episodes that I could. Like, it had every episode of the
1: 13, se- 13 episode run that it had. Shocking that it didn't get picked up for a second season. So this is a recommend from you, or definitely don't recommend, or like a kind of.
2: I'll recommend watch it. it if fuck it. Want. It's it's it does everything. That I didn't want it to do. Okay. But,
1: like, I'm glad it went there.
2: I'm glad it's so horny.
1: <laughs> I guess that I'm just a little bit bitter because I watched, like, six episodes and I feel like I really didn't get anything out of it. Like, there was some pretty good stuff here, but not enough.
2: Not, not enough at all. It seems to be, like, I watched two episodes and I have to admit half the time I kept playing on my phone and then I had to keep reminding myself that I was doing this for work. Yeah. For, for, For work, and I was like, Zoe, put the put the phone down. And I was like, but but Instagram, and I'd be like, no, Zoe, watch you gotta talk about it tomorrow. You don't wanna go into the podcast and be like, I don't know, I was playing on my phone. Anyway, good luck. I was like, don't be a fucking dick, watch it. And then I would just find my hand creeping towards my phone because I was very bored. Right. (laughs) But it is insane. Like the lore in it is insane, and I would love, I would love to find some like Red uh, Road Rover like expand like lore expansion because that that I do find quite interesting.
1: The lore behind it is just batshit insane. Yeah, I mean, I would expect there to be a lot of fan art for this show on DeviantArt. Art, Tumblr, like the depths of Tumblr. Well, great, thank you for joining me this week, Zoe. Uh, no stress, babes. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the show wasn't that great, but I love talking to you. <laughs> I know it's every day's a blessing when we get to chat. Oh, that's sweet. Where can people find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me online at SansPants on Insta and Twitter. And I just shut up a second for SansPants Radio.
1: Great. And I'm on Twitter at StopTweetingMia. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Cynical Cartoons podcast for another week. And as always, I'm your host, Mia Marchant. And I'm here if you need to talk.
0: Delicious. What is it they are calling the meat tube inside small bread wolf? Oh, that's the great American meal, the hot dog. Oh, no, I am eating one of my dog comrades. I am Cannibal Boy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.